Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Goldfish Village podcast. I'm the founder of Goldfish Village, Joshua Mercer, where we help everyday people like you create financial freedom through real estate. Today we have a very special guest in the building. I'm talking cranes, 40 under 40, all the way from Roseland. Man, Bradley, DePaul, but most important, Kellogg. Kellogg. Uh, man, CEO. Chicago Association of Realtors. Did I say Delta Sigma Theta? I say Happy Founders Day. You got to do that. Man, Happy Founders Day. Thank you. So Thank we got none other than, uh, right, she got that She got that uh, paraphernalia on. So you know when you come in her office, you know what time it is. <laughs> but uh, we got none other than the CEO of the Chicago Association of Realtors, uh, Miss Michelle Mills Clement. I, I knew of her when she was Michelle Mills, but anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be here. I know we took a trip down memory lane. I don't think I knew you were on my little brother's baseball team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, man, at, at uh, Ridge Park, you know. Yeah. Way that was like, I think my first job. No, my first, yeah, my first job was at Ridge Park. Oh, I, I got something else to tell you, but I'll say that off, off camera. Uh, okay. Say that for later. <laughs> but uh, But anyway, thanks for coming on, you know. Yeah. So proud of everything you're doing. Every time uh, I see your name, I see it in I see it in lights. Uh, you know, you you cracking that glass ceiling wide open, Thank and being you. an inspiration for for not just minorities but just for everybody. Um, and uh, taking over the association, man, fifteen thousand members. So mm -mm. sixteen thousand plus. Sixteen thousand plus. Right. I think man. as of today, we're at about sixteen six hundred. Wow. Wow. So I need to get my, I need to get it right, man. We've grown. Man, I'm, she treat me like a Neo, man. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, tell me, tell me about your real estate journey. You know, I was, I didn't know you were in real estate like that. Then I looked up, it was like CEO. I'm like, damn, I know her. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. What was that like? Uh, and, and how did you get yeah. that? So I actually, my background is not in real estate. Um, I'm not a licensed realtor. Um, my background is actually association management. So I went to school for nonprofit management, got my graduate degree in that, um, undergrads in journalism, but I worked in nonprofit organizations. And at one point I made a switch from like the charitable fundraising 501c3 groups to the trade associations and associations that are membership based. Um, so I've had like healthcare groups, trade groups, so different things like you think of the American Bar Association or American mm -hmm. Medical Association, they all have a staff team and that is actually a career path. Um, so I went down that road, I got certified in um, association management. I got my master's in nonprofit management and just kind of started climbing up um, within the association world. Um, we relocated to Seattle now about seven, going on seven, eight years ago, um, my husband, got a job with um, Starbucks corporate office. So that took me and us to the Pacific Northwest. And I'm thinking, you know, there's no associations out here. That's all <laughs> the biggest markets are Chicago and DC, you know, what am I going to do? So I just started um, looking into that field in, in that area. And there was a commercial real estate development association, NAOP, that was hiring for an executive director. And when you have like a certified association executive designation, you can work in any industry of an association. They just basically can plop you in there. Is that that CAE? 
Yeah, that's the that's CD. big time. That's big it time. Is very hard to get. That was Boss. probably the hardest test I've ever taken. Really? And anything I did in school. Yeah. It oh was wow. Intense. Hope to not do it again. How long like, have you? How long have you had it? I just recertified for the third time, so that will be nine years. So when you recertify, is it just like continuing education, or do you have yeah. to? Okay. Mm-hmm. Just okay. see. Yep. Thank God. Being <laughs> <laughs> that test, I don't want to see it again. But um, yeah, so, you know, that was kind of where my background was. But when I got to Seattle, they don't know about association management in that part of the world or that country. It's whatever industry the association is, you're in that. So I was working for Commercial Real Estate Development Association. So according to them, you're in commercial real estate. And that's kind of when my journey down real estate went that direction because I had to learn everything I could. Um, I went to the University of Washington and got a certificate in commercial real estate and was uh, recruited to apply for the Commercial Brokers Association, which is a commercial MLS in a commercial real estate school and ended up with them. Damn, that's dope. So it's funny that you say you don't you're not a realtor or, you know, you don't have that in your background, but you do have obviously the training to be a leader and to lead an organization. Um, was there like any like pushback at all when, um, you know, you were, came to power? Um, you say at this association or the last one? Well, this one, since we're talking about real estate and, and um, I want to get into a bunch of stuff about it, but, you know, cause I, cause I remember um, I was talking to my brother-in-law and I was like, yeah, you know, Michelle, I've, I've known, of her since I was a little kid. And he was like, yeah, man, she's the new president and she she's uh, never been a realtor. He was just telling me, I was like, oh, that's dope. You would think that, you know, I've sold real estate for X amount of years, but what you're bringing to the table is a whole nother skill set. Yeah, you know, because the thing about it is like, I don't need to know how to buy and sell real estate. That's what the members do. That's what you all are the best at. You know, my job is to run the association and ensure that we have the resources that you all need to be successful in your careers. So it's it's two different fields, really. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's good to have the knowledge and the background. And that's why I take a lot of um, courses in real estate that we also offer. We also I have the realtor certified executive. So I have that background. But I need to know how to run um, an office and I need to know how to, you know what I mean, manage people and I need to know how to manage a budget. That's what's essential for the association to grow. And if the association grows, then we're able to help the members grow in their businesses. No, that's dope. So and even taking it back even farther, you know, one of the things that when I was taking a real estate exam and I just recently passed it back in October. Um, that I noticed was that it's still heavy in like a lot of discrimination and like questions are on there. And I'm like, yo, this stuff, like, I hope people aren't getting these answers wrong. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but then, and then when you see like when some of these things change, it was like 1986, 84, mm-hmm. like it wasn't Not that long ago. That long ago. Right. And then right. I started to research even further about like, uh, steering and blockbusting and redlining um what are you doing um to make sure things like that happen because we know chicago is just extremely yeah. segregated yeah chicago is the number two most segregated city in the country next to detroit um so when i got oh, I here 
Yeah. When I got here, it was the 50th anniversary of fair housing about three years ago. I started in April and there was this big celebration in Washington, D.C. with the National Association commemorating, you know, this fair housing legislation that it passed, which made it, you know, illegal to discriminate against um, individuals for various classes um, to purchase and buy or sell in real estate. And so I went to this commemoration and it was really, you know, a good celebration and it brought tears to my eyes. And I think the thing that stuck out the most, to your point, is that these things were happening within our lifetime uh, or our parents' lifetime, you know what I mean? So it wasn't that long ago. And when I was at the event, everything was great, but I realized they never said, the National Association never said, you know, we apologize because the National Association of Realtors and the Chicago Association of Realtors had a hand in the steering, the redlining, the blockbusting that you're referring to. Like we were actively, you know, encouraging that, um, working on policies around that. That's our history. You know, we're mm. on the wrong side of it. That's definitely within our history. Um, and I came in not shying away from that. You know, that's not where we are today. That's not what we do today, but we can't ignore it and act like it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people got stuck in this, well, you know, I wasn't there when that was happening or we moved on, that's not what we do now. This is how we are, you know, showing who we are. But our board of directors issued um, a public apology at our 50th anniversary of fair housing. It was unanimously voted on and we presented that um, as a starting point to kind of clean the slate. You know, they give that um, that trust back because there are members of the association that in their lifetime were banned from being members of CAR. Wow. And that's fresh, you know. And so I think if you don't start with some empathy on what that must feel like, you can't really move forward. But um, aside from the apology standpoint, you know, we've, we've done a lot of work. We started an external affairs department whose job is really to be good community partners and, and make sure that we're working with different organizations and segments of the community. Um, we launched a listening tour, which really took me all over the city to make sure that I was in you know, different segments of the city so I can hear from members all over the place. So I'm going to the members. Um, we've launched the 77, which is our diversity committee. And it's one realtor member in every uh, neighborhood in the city of Chicago, all 77 neighborhoods. And that really gives us the boots on the ground that we need. Um, our fair housing course is currently um, being revised. So we're actually doing it over again, but we have offered um, fair housing courses since this time, you know, since forever. But we also have offered as a free member benefit this year to really push forward in that. We've written op-eds in the Tribune as opposed to a lot of this information that's out there. We really emphasize training, but we also really emphasize reporting. You know, if people don't report when fair housing violations are happening, you know, we can't really do too much about it. If people aren't saying this is what my experience was, we can't do too much about it. So we encourage people to do that. Um, we have a mini documentary on our website that we did on the history of Chicago and the fair housing space. And I encourage people to go view that. It's um, chicagorealtor.com slash fair housing. And you can get all kind of information on everything that we've done and are doing and continue to do. How do how do people know if they're facing like discrimination? You know, sometimes, you know, it, it can be like an emotional thing, selling yeah. or buying a house. And then you're trusting like me when I take my car to the 
to the auto body shop. Right. I'm just like, how much is it? You know, yeah. they yeah. can tell me anything, you know, how yeah. to, what are some tips or maybe some cues to kind of look for if you kind of think you feeling, you know, like you're being yeah. discriminated against. You know, it, it is hard. And I think it's hard because, and I'll speak personally, you know, as a black woman, you experience racism so often, almost daily sometimes that it be, you become numb and you don't notice things and things aren't as blatant all the time. Um, and there might be small microaggressions you don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had scenarios myself, you know, in this role where I've tried to um, rent a home when we first moved back and in a neighborhood that we typically, um, you do not see a lot of African-Americans in. And my realtor was told, you know, oh, we only take, we don't take section eight. Like I I never said anything about section eight, you know, and first you can't actually deny anybody of section eight. It has to be consistent or not at all. Um, But I think the key is trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, we see it a lot in rentals, uh, renting transactions. So if you feel like there is a situation where you're being discriminated against, you know, at minimum, raise the flag. Um, our members should be educated in knowing what's going on in fair housing and can advocate for their clients on their behalf if they see it from another side. Um, but for the consumer, I say just pay attention in it and your gut's not usually going to steer you too wrong on some things. Yeah, no, that's that's a fact. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're from Roseland, right? Or, or or Pullman. It's you know it's like it's a I don't difference. Know. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. So I grew up on a hundredth and Cottage Grove. Um, oh, okay, well that's that's the Wild Hunters, right? <laughs> and then my aunt lived in Pullman. She lived in Pullman, like a hundred eleventh and Champlain. So it was kind of like they're very different, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, right down the street. So well, they probably got a new name for these neighborhoods at this point. Well, Pullman has uh, some beautiful architecture, as yeah. you know. Um, mm-hmm. But you're, you're from Roseland. And did you ever imagine seeing yourself as CEO of and just knowing the history of Chicago politics and everything else? Um, did you ever see yourself as being CEO of such a huge association? Um, as a child, no. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I definitely saw myself in some type of leadership mm-hmm. capacity. When I was in high school, I wanted to be a U.S. senator. That was kind oh, of really, goal. yeah. Oh wow! So you was ahead of the you were ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really got into politics. Um, I went to Marian Catholic and took an American studies class, and and I just I loved it. I just really loved it. I thought it was just so thrilling. And even in grade school, um, like studying the Constitution test, like I loved that. That was like, are you serious? Yeah. So I was thinking more along the lines of politics. So I always saw myself, you know, in leadership, you know, my, um, my mom, she always made sure that we were involved in different initiatives and activities, like after school activities, we went to school in Beverly, she taught in Beverly. So we spent a lot of our time and after school time in Beverly, um, so we had access to more things than I think we would have had if we had just stayed um, solely at um, around our neighborhood, which is unfortunate because you want to see these opportunities all over the city. But um, as a result, you know, I was able to be involved in different programs and events, and it kind of really pushed my my leadership abilities. I remember 
being in the beta club in like the fifth grade and, and really getting into like the election process of what that board looked like and those type of things, um, I think I always kind of was drawn to leadership. So associations, I didn't really always plan on that. I kind of just fell into this, but I think um, early on, I knew that I'd be in some type of leadership capacity. Oh, that's dope. And then uh, look at you now. I mean, that's that that's amazing. So yeah. what, what are some of the things that you want to, like, what, what are some of the areas that you want to improve the association in now? Mm -hmm. So a big initiative for me was making sure that we were servicing all of Chicago um, and not just there was a perception that we were really only catering to the downtown market. And I think we've done a great job really expanding our services and our presence and COVID has made a big change in that. So a lot of initiatives we were planning to do, um, holding education in different communities, holding programs and events in different communities have been put on hold. But the virtual standpoint has actually been great because it's given us an opportunity to reach even further beyond um, who we probably would have met with if we only went by different segments of the city. But we do hope when we are able to get back in person, and I do believe we will be able to do that, to really expand our, our real estate school. Um, so we have a real estate school. We're one of the only association real estate schools outside of the Illinois Realtors in the state. Um, it's a very robust school. We hold courses usually here when it's not COVID, but everything is virtual now. But we're expanding that. So people that are interested in getting their license, um, taking your pre-licensing course through CAR, there's scholarships available, there's discounts for your license and your testing and whatnot. And then we also have the CE and the hot topics component for those that are in the industry and want to keep their license fresh. We're really trying to expand that beyond um, the good coursework that we already have. And another area is around leadership development. So really preparing individuals in brokerage to look at opportunities around management, um, growing in their field. So they're, if they wanna expand, open their own office, or they want to move into with a bigger brokerage and get into management. Um, we looked at some numbers to see like how many minorities are, you know, broker owners, or I'm sorry, managing brokers in our membership base that aren't broker owners. And there's not many, you know, that are not broker owners. So it's really making sure that we have the talent and people are prepared to move up when opportunities present themselves. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to ask you, um, I know you mentioned COVID kind of making communication and allowing you to reach more people. Where do you see real estate going with, with COVID? Cause I know retail has taken a hit and, um, residential you know as uh it's a seller's market a lot of people want you know their homes to be you know have different you know offices and outdoor living spaces where, yeah. where do you see uh real estate going i see it you know i really see it still rising um from the residential side i see it there's a lot of buying and selling going on i think the the condo market downtown is definitely taking a hit to your point people want more space um, they want that at home space to work from home. So the studio apartments are kind of dying studio condos or small one bedroom condos. People are really looking for like those one plus den options, but um, single family homes, like townhouses, duplexes, that more space, it's, it's skyrocketing right now. Um, commercial on the office side and the retail side, you know, I don't know. I think there's, I was on the COVID-19 recovery task force for the city of Chicago, 
And there was a big emphasis around um, restaurants coming back and, and what that was going to look like. You know, I can walk to work now and I see about four or five restaurants that have completely closed wow. that, you know, have been kind of staples in the neighborhood. So it's it's definitely something that's going to be felt. Um, I don't know. The long wish I had the crystal ball to look and figure it out. But um, I think the residential market is strong. I think people will get back to the office. People want to come back. We have a staff of about 42 here. Um, we are currently shut down, um, again, because of the latest stay-at-home recommendation, which we are following. But um, I have people that want to come back into the office. You know, they miss the camaraderie. They miss the separation of home and office. Yeah. And so I think we will start to see. Probably tired of being with their spouse. <laughs> yeah, they're also <laughs> and their kids. I'm hearing that, too. Yeah, <laughs> so. I got like I got like four friends that are all pregnant. <laughs> right now too so yeah that'll do it <laughs> but no I, I think that's pretty cool um you know so i'll wrap up so in you know one of my philosophies is at least i think that real estate is a a great investment or a great tool to mm -hmm. create wealth um you know i always tell people first time home buyers unless you know you're pulling down a serious bag at your nine to five Mm -hmm. I'm of the mindset that your first purchase should be a multi-unit. You know, mm -hmm. I, I started my career. I was a seven-year CPS teacher. My first purchase was a, a multi-unit building. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Um, I've heard from a lot of people saying to get the multi-unit, get your investment going. I say, if you can do it, do it. I didn't. I didn't want to be a landlord. <laughs> I was for I was for some years when we moved, and that's not my my ministry. But you know, I mean, there's wonderful property management companies out there that actually can help you manage your multi-unit property if you are concerned that you can't do it. Mm -hmm. um, so I will say that in hindsight, I think that there's resources out there that you can do it. I think it's a great way to build generational wealth. It's a great way to keep you know, home ownership in your family and down your line. I know of many people that have done those type of projects and brought their family members into the units. Um, that sometimes works out, sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, oh, yeah. so you, need to, you need to make sure that's going to be a positive investment for you and work with the realtor who is knowledgeable in that space for sure. Um, you want to make sure that you're working with someone that understands multi-units and, and can get you the help, especially if you haven't done it before and not be afraid to hear your million one of questions if you have them. But it is a good opportunity, especially if you're single, I would say that looking back, that's a good move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm a person that is looking for a realtor or a real estate professional, what, how should I go about uh, finding that person and, and not just finding somebody that's a realtor, but finding somebody that's knowledgeable? I think word of mouth is probably the most powerful tool. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of realtors get business from referrals and asking your friends who have purchased homes or purchased investments, who did they work with? But I caution people not to always just go with the first person, you know, talk to a few, talk to two or three, mm -hmm. you know, find out who various individuals are and make sure that it's a fit for you. Um, every transaction, may not mean the same person. Um, so make sure if you're buying a new home that this person is versed in first time home buyers. You know, if you are looking for, the other piece of that is a good lender. Um, so if your, your realtor should be able to help you to find a good lender if you don't have one. 
But if you want to go the other route, because you do want to try to get pre-qualified before you start looking, there's a lot of lenders out here that have a lot of programs for first-time home buyers, a lot of grants available. Look in, Google is your friend on some of those spaces, but communicate with your realtor. I think you should also ask a series of questions, um, you know, around what their comfort level is. How do they like to communicate? You know, will they be available in the evenings, on weekends, all hours of the night? I think the difference now is consumer side, you know, we have access to listings essentially through different type of portals that are available online and realtors still have the MLS. They're always going to have the most accurate data and the most accurate listing information. But it's really important that you determine how do you both want to communicate on that? Is it both of you looking or is this person picking something for you? So making sure that you have a good rapport. And if it's um, you and a, a partner or a spouse or a sibling, brother, mother, whatever, make sure all of you all are comfortable as well. Do you have tips for finding like contractors too? This is a question for myself. Mm. I need the contractors and property man, all those yeah. little ancillary, yeah. no, you know. I, I don't have specific, of course I have like in my mind, my own personal list, but actually yeah. a car, we are going to be launching this year, a consumer website that will have all those type of information there. It'll have different contractors you can reach out to, different um, things you need once you have purchased the home. What do you do? If you have purchased that investment property, how do you get it fixed up? Who can you contact? Um, so we're hoping that that's gonna launch maybe in the next uh, two quarters, I think, but it's in the works and it hopefully will be a resource. So people that have purchased a home or are considering buying a home just to get all those type of tools and tips and tricks that they may need. Awesome. Awesome. When I have that, I'll make sure you have it too. So you can push it out to your listeners. Absolutely. Please do. Mm -hmm. Michelle Mills Clement. Thank you. You've been a wonderful guest. So thank proud of everything that you're doing. Thank you um, too. You too. I'm expecting even more bigger and better things, um, you know, but uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, if you want to watch this show in its entirety or shows like it, please check us out at www.gofishvillage.com we help everyday people like you achieve financial freedom through real estate. Thank you. Thank you.